prepare to go right into the word of the Lord tonight. And I am trusting that uh, you'll be blessed as much as uh, I am uh, in having the opportunity to come to you with the word. Amen. I want to uh, share tonight a scripture. And uh, the scripture I want to share is from uh, uh, the book of Psalms. And uh, in the book of Psalms, I want to read uh, chapter 13 or the 13th Psalm, as it would be called. Um, the 13th Psalm is six verses long, and I'm just going to read it here at the beginning, and then we'll begin to talk. But uh, how long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? The question is by David. Forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest mine enemies say I have prevailed against him. And those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Um, there are times when uh, pastors recognize and know it, it, it comes and goes over the years and having uh, served for many years here in the uh, this church and in Palmyra, uh, we re can recognize that there are times when it will seem like that uh, people can be under some form of it, attack, or if, if it is or if it isn't, perception sometimes can be that way. And uh, when you look and you see how many people have had major surgeries or concerns of their health or They've had family issues or they've had uh, major incidents that have happened. And uh, uh, it, it, it's a season. Uh, you feel like there, it's a season. I know that in those times, I feel sometimes led of God, of the spirit to uh, preach uh, messages pertaining to how to guide people through treacherous uh, navigation of life, uh, how to uh, preach and help people to find the comfort that only comes from God, to lead them to looking unto God, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Oh, friend, how important it is that we hear those things. But uh, we, we can, I can look back and uh, I, I can look through 
um, the, the notes of things that I have preached. And there are seasons that we go through. There are times when I can, I, I, I just feel led of the Holy Ghost to, to preach a certain subject, and I can't get away from it. I'll preach it Sunday after Sunday. I'll start on something else and come back to that. And uh, it's like the Holy Ghost is saying, don't leave this. They're not ready. You've got, there's some more ministry that must be done in this area. And uh, if, if you need comfort and encouragement, there seems to be one place in the Bible that really fits that bill. Perhaps there's no other book of the Bible that pours out comfort and encouragement more than the book of Psalms does. Just to take one simple, small theme and pull it from the Psalms is to find great blessing. And consider what we find when we consider the man who has to battle with darkness. Let me go through some verses in chapter 27 and verse 1, all these in the book of Psalms. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Somebody going through darkness? Listen to these. Chapter 18, verse 28. The Lord will enlighten my darkness. 84 and verse 11. God is a son. 132 verse 17, I have ordained a lamp for mine anointed. Psalms 119 verse 105, thy word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my pathway. 19 and verse 8, the commandment of the Lord enlightens the eyes. 43 and verse 3, send out thy light, let it lead me. 97 and verse 11, light is sown for righteousness. On and on we can go and talk about these. There, there's a vast number of subjects uh, that we can seek out when we read of God's power in the Psalms. And the great encouragement is that having an understanding that none of the challenges that faces the saint of God can stand against God's plan or his resources. Um, uh, when you talk about the 13th Psalm that we read, uh, commentators, uh, commentaries uh, have, have wrote some things. Let me just read some, uh, just a few quips, uh, uh, quotes from uh, these commentaries. Here's uh, uh, one named Parker. Uh, he writes, this psalm begins with winter and ends with summer. It begins with low muffled tones of sorrow and ends with a rapture of praise. Wow. You got to think about that and soak that a little bit. Matthew Henry wrote this. Days of trouble must be days of prayer. Wow, that's that's good. Uh, one named Fuller writes this. It is not under the sharpest, but the longest trials that we are most in danger of fainting. Let me read that again. 
It is not under the sharpest, but the longest trials that we are most in danger of fainting. When Job was accosted with evil things in quick succession, he bore it with fortitude. But when he could see no end to his troubles, he began to sink under them. He sunk under them. Now, the 13th Psalm, David got to this place in life. And there is a connection between the 12th Psalm and the 13th Psalm. In fact, there is a noted intensity in Psalms 12. And by the time you get to Psalms 13, there's a sense of desperation that begins to pour out of David. In Psalms 12, David feels as if he has been abandoned by godly men. But when he gets to Psalms 13, he seems to indicate that he's been abandoned by God. Being abandoned by God is a terrible matter. It's one thing to feel like your friends have forsaken you, but it's another thing if you ever feel like, where is God in all of this? Jonah thought he wanted to run from God and abandon him, but he changed his mind when he was in the belly of the fish. Esau fled from God. But when he carefully sought him in repentance, it was a terrible thing that he could not find God. Balaam tried to abandon God by going to see Balak. He found the terrible consequences of abandoning God. And scattered all throughout scripture come the pleadings of men. Don't hide your face from us, O Lord. Don't hide your face from us. We can't live without you. Now, uh, we can take encouragement from the fact that the man after God's own heart would cry out as he did in this psalm. That should let all of us know that there will be times in our walk with God when we will have possibly the same feelings. We wrestle against them, we fight them, and you come back and you say, I know I'm trusting God, I'm believing his word, but why and where is he? When's he going to come through? Something to help remember the flow of this psalm is a helpful outline by someone named Lawson uh, that put in his commentary on the psalms. And he divides the six verses, and I like this, under these three headings. David's sorrow, followed by David's supplication, and then followed by David's singing. Each of them two verses. David's sorrow, verse 1 and 2. David's supplication or his prayer, verse 3 and 4. And David's singing was verse 5 and 6. Here it is. David's sorrow, his problems put him on his face. The next two verses, David's prayer, his supplication, his prayer put him on his knees. Uh, but David's singing, his praise put him on his feet. Uh, his, his problems put him on his face. His prayer puts him on his knees. 
but his praise puts him back on his feet again. Let's look at David's sorrow first. In Psalms 13, verse 1 and 2, How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? And when you look at some of the hints that this has been a trial that David's gone through, it's been dragging on for a, uh, an extended period, four times. He says, how long, how long, how long, how long? And the, the soul can come to a place where a period of wrestling settles in on us. And we all come to this place at some point. And everyone will make the trip to Psalms 13. I hope you're listening to me. I want you to follow. I hope you don't have a lot of distraction tonight because I want you to hear what I'm saying. All men, no matter how dedicated or how noble their service has been for the Lord, you're going to live in this place sometime. You're going to feel like, how long is this going to go? Am I going to have a breakthrough? Am I going to have a release? Am I going to have the liberty and the freedom? Various circumstances in life can uh, bring you here. Has God forgotten you? Have the blessings of God been taken away forever from you? Where are his blessings? Is God punishing me for what I did years ago? All kinds of things can come to your mind. In situations like this, we tend to think that God has abandoned us. And our emotions can get the best of us during times like these. And, and uh, there is a deadly enemy that we must prevail against. The, the Bible says the the devil is the adversary of our soul. And uh, we, we recognize that he's out to, to kill, uh, to, to steal, to destroy you. And, and uh, he wants to do everything he can. Uh, there was a, man that wrote these words he says uh the devil the adversary he goes on to say he can use our temperaments and our physical condition and he so deals with us that we allow our temperament to control and government uh, govern us instead of keeping temper temperament where it should be kept and there's no end to the ways the devil produces spiritual depression we must always bear that in mind. And so that's when we need to fall on our knees. Look at the next two verses, verse three and four. Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest mine enemies say I have prevailed against him. And those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. What's David doing? He is praying now. It's his supplication. The Bible lets us know uh, prayer and supplication. Prayer is praying, but supplication is prayer intensified. 
And this is David's intense prayer. He's reached a place where he's fallen on his knees, if you would. He, he's beginning to seek God. And, and David can greatly help us to see the solution to this kind of situation. He cries out in prayer. Let me tell you, folks, there's times when you need to cry out in prayer. Just as we all come to the place where we feel as if we have been abandoned by God, we all must come to a place that prayer pours out of your soul. There is a blessing that comes to who learns how to pray through how to pray through. I'm going to seek him. I need to touch him. Oh, there's times when I am so burdened and I, I, I can't get the relief and sleep don't even come well to you. And I'll wake up early and I'll think I've just got to get up and go pray. And I will go into the living room and there I will kneel down at my seat and it's dark and it's before the sun rises, and I got I got a music uh, that I like to play while I pray, and and uh, I will begin to uh, tell those things to the Lord, and and begin to uh, share. I will begin to uh, talk about the things that I believe that God wants me to tell Him about, and and as I begin to pray, there's a comfort that comes because you. When you learn that it's that it's that place, it's that hiding place. It's that hiding place when nobody else is around. It's just you and the Lord. You begin to pour yourself. I think that's what David found. I've got to. It's not enough for me to recognize. Where are you, Lord? Where are you in all of this? Now he's saying, oh, God, consider, consider and hear me. Lighten mine eyes, I, I can't see, I, I, lest I sleep the sleep of death. L lest mine enemies say I have prevailed against him. You know, there's another thing in this, I don't know, and I may be reading in this too much at this point, but let me just say this. He says, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lighten mine eyes. Somehow, they, there's one of the things that comes with depression. Oftentimes, I had a good friend, a preacher friend, tell me one time, he says, if you call me during the day and I am in bed sleeping, you know I've got a problem. You know I've got a problem. Sometimes depression treats people in such a way that they just want to pull the covers up over their head and let make the world leave me alone. I just want to hide myself. Listen to what he says. Lighten mine eyes lest I sleep the sleep of death. Make me have reason to wake up and get out and have life and enjoy it. Hear me, Lord, I, I'm in this place where it's brought me down so. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. And so, Lord, there's something I need. Consider me, hear me, open my eyes. His feelings say that God has turned away from him and his faith says something totally different. There's a huge connection that every spirit-filled believer needs uh, have this 
shoved in his heart and 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 there there's something that needs to be done in our life oh god help me that i need that connection to you i need it in my heart prayer makes a difference if you can ever come to the place that you begin to engage prayer as in getting down on your knees this kind of prayer you see uh, when you go to the sixth chapter i'm going to go there uh let me share this uh, uh scripture with you uh from the sixth chapter of uh ephesians now in the sixth chapter of ephesians what you find is this place where uh, uh the uh, let me find it here uh, we we're often quick to start right here and uh, finding them, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his mouth. There's a whole Bible study here. But what I want to get to is we talk about put on the whole armor of God. And uh, we talk about what to do and what we're going against. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This is all true. And this is what we do against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against the spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, stand. Now look at this. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And that's often where we stop. We say, I'm going to put on the whole armor of God, and we'll even pray through those things. I'm putting these things on. But that's not all of your protection. That's not all that you need. Here is the rest of it. Verse 18, praying always, I'll just stop there, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, I like that. You know what that is? That's the preacher. That utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. He says, pray, pray. He says, pray in the spirit, prayer, supplication in the spirit. For all saints, when you start praying for others, something begins to happen. And then why don't you pray for your preacher? God, give him a word that you can give him something that will help him to be able to open his mouth that will help us all and that the gospel may go forth. As you begin to pray for others, there's something that's going to happen in you. Prayer makes the difference. So David poured out his soul. He poured out his soul and and uh, he told the Lord and 
he told him that his enemies were mocking him. I have prevailed against him. And uh, th- th- it's so similar to what God wants. You know, there's a simple, simple game uh, of checkers. And, uh, uh, you know, I know there's much more uh, games that kids play today that they're not interested in playing checkers, but they might play with uh, their grandpa someday, or they might uh, try to play with some adult that, you know, grew up on that kind of stuff. And uh, I was reading about a a young man that uh, played with his grandpa and said the grandpa would let him take a, uh, uh, and, you know, jump a few and, and he says, and it was a setup. He said he would go and he would take every one of my checkers very easily. And uh, he he was able to accomplish it. Uh, you know, sometimes the loss that you're experiencing may be your setup. I remember years ago, we had, we had come through a time of, of loss in our church. And uh, we were out on uh, Lisa Road. And uh, I, I recall that uh, uh, we we had we'd come through some things that was it was troublesome to us. I God had a roadmap for us to walk, and I didn't even understand it all. We just had to hold Him. I knew I was in the will of God. I knew I was doing what God wanted me to do. Uh, and I was reminded of this the other day uh, in a time when I was so focused on the troubles. I was so focused on some of the in-house situations that I was was, uh, experiencing, and and I I felt so challenged in many ways, and oh God, you've got to help us. And in that time, I got a letter. I got a letter, it was at Christmas time, right after Christmas. I think uh, the best I could figure was like on uh, Christmas Eve or the night of Christmas, however it was written, and it was an it was a handwritten letter. I think somewhere I've got that letter yet. And uh, uh, but uh, uh, there was an elder; he didn't even sign his name. But I knew it was from he had heard from God because he he said, "I've never been to your church." But then he began to describe it right down to the T. And that was before webcast and all of that. He, he, he'd never been there. And he began to describe our people. And he began to tell me, you know, their personality traits and such. And uh, he said, uh, he said, I see that you are so called up. Well, he said it this way. He said, uh, as he introduced uh, what he had, you know, made some comments of uh, talking about. He said, I remember you as a young man and, and uh, somewhere he had been to my old home church or something and, and uh, had visited one time and he recalled me from there. But uh, he said, uh, I hope I've got the right address and the right church. He said uh, that I've sent this, uh, you know, the address to, but he says, uh, and he did, but uh, he says, I, I had a vision. God woke me up twice tonight and showed it to me. He says, and I decided I would go ahead and write this. He wrote it in the nighttime. 
He said, so I can get some sleep. He says, but I saw your church. And he says, outside your church, there's a large group of people. And they're crying out for help. And he says, they're bound by all manner of sickness, of disease, of of bondage, alcohol, drugs. They're hurting. They're bound by things, alcohol and drugs and addictions. And they're, they're stretching their arms out to you and they're crying out for help. He said, but you can't hear them because you're so focused on problems. He says, do what you have to. He says, clean the house if you have to. But he says, don't let these people's blood be on your hands. He wrote some other things that was very prophetic. And uh, I, I, I was stunned by that letter. I was uh, like, where did this come from? I had a, had a postmark on it. And uh, I, I talked to uh, my presbyter. I shared it with some others that I trusted, some men of God. And uh, I remember Brother Bidinger says it. Brother Axton, he says, very well, maybe he didn't want attention for himself. He just wanted you to have this word. And uh, it's one thing to get something from somebody and it don't come to pass. But it's another thing for it to come to pass. That has been reminded to me several times. We have had so many people that have come into our church that were bound by drugs and alcohol. God delivered them. God set them free. But also many people, uh, they, uh, through through those times, we, we experienced some loss. We experienced some loss and didn't know what to do and where to turn. And uh, all we could do is hold on and say, God, I'm trusting that you're going to be with us. You're going to help us. But I remember after an exodus of sorts when, Several had left, and it was a tough time for us. But there was a missionary. By the way, we're going to have a missionary at the end of this month. I'm looking so forward to it on a Sunday night, the 28th. But there was a missionary that came, and I'm telling you what, you you talk about a message he preached. I'll never forget as he preached. He said, and without knowing a thing that we had just been through, he said, setbacks are God's setups for a miracle. Huh. That became our, our mantra for a while. Setbacks are God's setups for a miracle. I'm going to tell you what happened. Here's what happened. The door shut on that building we was in. We had to leave, and we ended up at the Episcopal Church, was there for four years, and then we came here. Setbacks was God's setups for a miracle. Yes, God was in control, and we didn't realize how much he wanted to bless us. And so, yes, God does have a blessing. Listen to the last two verses of this psalm. The last two verses. Uh, let me go there again and share that with you. Uh, the last two verses. What a beautiful uh, way to look at this psalm. and. 
uh, the, the 13th Psalm. Amen. I, the last two verses reads like this. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. David moves even beyond his prayer into a place of praise. He can get into a place of praise because his prayer has caused him to remember something. The salvation of the Lord. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. Oh, oh the uh, the beautiful song, or not the song, but the uh, prophet wrote in Isaiah, uh, Isaiah chapter 12, I think it is. And I think it's six verses, yes. But look at this six verses. Uh, in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Oh, I could talk a lot about that particular chapter there, and I have before. But when you recognize that your salvation is in the Lord, there's a lot of aspects of this salvation that has come to David. Salvation from sin, salvation from self, salvation from Satan, salvation from the enemy, Saul. David is now standing on the side of victory. It does not matter what situation of life you find yourself in. Oh, uh, everybody ought to know about Jesus. Uh, David ushers one more principle in the final verse of this passage. He hath dealt bountifully with me. This means past tense. He was looking to the blessings in the past and found himself filled with a song. We can do that. David must keep running from Saul. I, you hear me a lot talk about the things that we've been through. I'm going to tell you, when we was going through it, it was hard. It wasn't easy. But now I look back and I say, Whew, God was with us. Look what the Lord was doing. And we didn't even know he was doing it. That's what we can do. David must keep running from Saul for a while longer. But despise that, despite that, God has not changed at all. He's still on his side. If God can bring him through many dangers, toils, snares in the past, then there's nothing in the future that God cannot supply the necessary resources to see us through. Andre Crouch, there was a song when I was a youth and growing up, man, I still love that song. I've got confidence. God's going to see me through. I'm going to tell you, friend, God can do it again today. 
you look back and you'll see what the Lord has done. I've, I've come to, it's all right to remind you. And it's all right to look back and reminisce every once in a while and say, man, wasn't God good to us? Look what the Lord did for us. Somebody uh, went through a hardship recently and and uh, they they uh, was rejoicing uh, because uh, a, a need was met. And I, I was talking to them and I said, you know what? You're going to recognize that, hey, man, isn't it good? what the Lord has provided for us. You didn't know how hard it was until you went through it, but then to see what the Lord did just in time for you. Do you know, my wife and I will still drive down the road in our in our Ford Escape, <laughs> and uh, we'll drive and we'll say, isn't it good to have a car with a good heater? Or in the summertime, isn't it good to have a, car with a good air condition why are you saying that because we know what it is to not have that we know what it is when your windows are frosting up we know what it is when when you can't hardly see we we know what it is when you face those things and you hardly know you hardly know how you're going to make it but you do and then somehow God comes through and blesses you. You don't deserve it. But isn't God good? Isn't God good? I'm talking to somebody that may be going through it tonight. You maybe have been going through it for a while. And you've been going through it so long that you begin to think, Lord, at first I was thinking, I can do this. But now I'm beginning to wonder, where are you in all this? You hold on. You hold on. He's there. Even like that little story while ago that Amy told, we're surrounded. We're surrounded. But you know what? He's there surrounding us. When I think that I'm surrounded, I'm looking, I'm saying there is a God that is on my side and he's going to help me. What a great God we serve. What a great God that can do all things for us. If only We'll turn to him. He will be there for us. Isn't God good? Amen. So I turn to the Lord in my appreciation of him. I appreciate him because what he's done for others, he'll do for you. And I, I want to take your attention back to Ephesians 6 in closing here. If you're going through something, can I remind you? It's good to start praying for others. Go ahead and pray for them. It'll get your focus off of yourself. And suddenly you'll say, hey, hey, I'm blessed. What happened? Where's that feeling? Because a lot of what we go through is because of the emotions we feel. The pressures of life upon us. And that's what makes people sink down and they want to pull the covers over their head. And Lord, uh, open mine eyes so that I don't sleep the sleep of death. I don't want to be caught up in just trying to hide from the world. No, you got too much to live for. You got too much going for you. I'm telling you, there's better things today. There's better things tomorrow. There's better things in the future. God's going to help you. If only you'll just turn to him and ask his help. Praise God.